Hey, hey, Minnesota PAs, welcome to the Map Up Podcast, the podcast by Minnesota PAs for Minnesota PAs. My name is Jeff Sandquist, PAC, and on this episode, we will be highlighting articles from the September and October 2022 issue of Impact. That's the bi-monthly publication delivered directly to your inbox, keeping you informed and up-to-date on important information related to your practice. And remember, you can find current and past issues of Impact under the News tab on our homepage at minnesotapa.org. But before we get into this issue, a quick disclaimer and reminder This podcast is not intended for medical advice and should not be taken as such. The opinions expressed are those of the individuals. And finally, I apologize in advance to anyone whose name I do not pronounce correctly. Now on with the episode. And we will start with a message from MAPA President Carolyn Jarr, who currently holds a faculty position at the College of St. Scholastica PA program and a clinical practice position in general surgery with Essentia Health. Hello team Minnesota PA, happy PA week to you all. As I hope you've come to know, we celebrate PA week from October 6th to the 12th each year. PA week originally began as PA day back in 1987 as an early attempt to educate others about our profession and recognize the contributions to PAs in healthcare. It was established on October 6th as this day was both the graduation date of the first PA class from Duke University in 1967 and also happens to be our founder Dr. Eugene Stead's birthday. In 2004, the AAPA House of Delegates approved a transition from PA Day to PA Week, and our current professional celebration was born. PA Week is a monumental opportunity for us to raise awareness of our profession, advocate for our profession and our patients, and tell Minnesota both individually and collectively just how PAs go beyond every day. But in order for that to happen, we need you to lend your voice and spread the word in your corner of our state. So here are a few ways in which you can easily participate this year. Kick off your PA Week celebration by registering for and attending our November 9th PA Night Out event and connecting with your fellow Minnesota PAs. Create a social media post that highlights our outstanding PA story and utilizes the hashtags Team Minnesota PA and PAs Go Beyond. Use all of the fantastic tools available in the AAPA PAs Go Beyond toolkit, including printable and shareable informational materials, a proclamation template, an op-ed template, talking points, and social media graphics. And connect with your employer and offer the PA Week logo file in the AAPA toolkit for use in an internet newsletter, email, or other notification. Also make the commitment to support MAPA and your fellow Minnesota PAs by volunteering on a MAPA committee, submitting a CME presentation proposal for consideration at the Spring 2023 CME Conference or our on-demand library. 
How about running for a position on the MAPA Board of Directors? Online nominations are open January 1st, so check out our new leadership guide and get ready now. And how about planning to attend PA Day on the Hill next year on February 28th? Registration and participation information is coming soon. Each and every one of us serves as an ambassador for our profession, and while the phenomenal care we provide to our patients certainly speaks volumes, it is critical that our employers and all community members truly understand just how integral PAs are to the modern healthcare workforce. Join me in picking at least one or two of the suggested activities to highlight PA contributions to our nation's health in celebration of PA Week and get the message out there. Thank you all for the exemplary care you provide to the people of Minnesota. I am certainly proud to stand alongside you. Next up is a recap from the recent fall CME. Thank you to those who attended our two-day event last month in Duluth. We hope you enjoyed your experience. We had over 90 attendees gathered to connect with other PAs, brush up on clinical knowledge, and earn valuable CME credits. While most PAs were from Minnesota, we also had some from Wisconsin, California, Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, as well as five students. During the event, attendees earned a maximum of 14 CME credits, walked to the local Rathskeller speakeasy for networking and relaxing, met 19 exhibitors who shared their latest products and best use practices, heard from three product theater sponsors on topics and treatments for asthma, gave over $1,000 to the scholarship committee's fundraiser, And quick shout out, this could not have happened without the hard work of the entire scholarship committee, especially PA Casey Dahlheimer Lawson. Please watch for details about our next fundraiser during PA week, and we can't wait to see you all at the Spring CME Conference next year, where the annual Wall of Wine will be on display. You can also click the link in the print edition to donate to the Student Scholarship Fund right now. We also thanked Neura Precision Pain Management for providing complimentary waste packs with hot and cold packs. And speaking of Neura, keep an eye out for a virtual CME event hosted by them and the Minnesota Medical Association on Wednesday, November 9th from 6 to 7 p.m. on a multidisciplinary approach to chronic pelvic pain management. And MAPA members also donated gift cards to Walmart and four large bags of basic need items to the conference charity, LifeHouse. You can read the thank you letter from LifeHouse in the print edition, as well as click the link if you would like to donate further. And finally, here are some comments from the attendees' evaluations. Excellent speakers, well-rounded topics, coffee throughout the day, Loved the social night and a very cool place. The speakers were informative, interesting, and topics were relevant. Being together in person again, such a great networking opportunity. Nice to meet other practicing PAs. Appreciate the lectures where I was able to glean information that I can use in my everyday practice. 
Stay tuned for the dates and locations for the Spring CME Conference next year, which will be happening in March in the Twin Cities. And speaking of in-person CME, as mentioned earlier, we are excited to bring back the accredited PA Night Out events. Check out the print edition for a few photos from the October 5th event in Roseville with a presentation by iSpine on advancements in interventional pain management. And we are also excited that there is a second PA Night Out already coming up Wednesday, November 9th from 5 to 7 p.m. in Minnetonka with another presentation by iSpine, this time on the diagnosis and management of low back pain generators. Attendance is limited, so register early if you are interested under the CME tab on the website or look for further announcements in your email. Did you know that MAPA produces a set of public service announcements, also known as PSAs, every month? If you're a regular listener to the podcast, then you obviously do. And in addition to being featured on the podcast, they are also sent to radio stations around the state, and the audio files are published on the MAPA website as well. Please vote on the PSA topics for next year by completing the survey link in IMPACT. Topics are voted on by members, so please indicate what you would like to hear. And if you're interested in additional involvement, let us know and we'll provide more information. Speaking of PSA, next up is the first of two PSAs for this episode. A 1 in 8 chance. If we're talking about winning the lottery, you would probably take those odds. But a 1 in 8 chance of getting prostate cancer doesn't sound like good odds at all. Prostate cancer is the second most common cancer among men. One in eight will be diagnosed with it in their lifetime. If you are over 40 with more than one close relative diagnosed with prostate cancer, talk to a healthcare provider about screening. Learn more from the Minnesota Academy of PAs at minnesotapa.org. And here is some additional information on this topic from PA Hayden Middleton. Prostate cancer is the second most common cancer diagnosis amongst men. It is estimated that roughly one in eight men will be diagnosed with prostate cancer in their lifetime. From a mortality perspective, prostate cancer is the second most common cause of cancer death in men. Fortunately, prostate cancer has an overall five-year survival rate of 98%. Unlike other types of cancer, screening for this one is controversial and ultimately should be discussed in a shared decision-making model involving the PA or healthcare provider and their patient. Screening for prostate cancer is completed with a blood test called a prostate screening antigen or PSA, different type of PSA. A digital rectal exam can also be completed but is not currently recommended for screening by the USPSTF and only as adjunctive screening by the American Cancer Society. However, due to controversial evidence on PSA screening, the tool should be used in medical practice based on clinical patient shared decision making, referencing guidelines, and considering the benefits and risk of the screening. According to the American Cancer Society, it is not recommended to screen an individual younger than 40 years old. 
However, men at age 40 to 44 with very high risk, meaning more than one first-degree relative with prostate cancer, and men at age 45 to 49 with high risk, meaning African-American race or one first-degree relative with a prostate cancer diagnosis before age 65, PSA screening should be considered by the clinician. Routine prostate screening should be considered with men who are 50 or older and are expected to have a life expectancy beyond 10 years. Alternatively, USPSTF recommends weighing the benefits and risks of screening with the patient for individuals between the age of 55 and 69 and recommends against screening in 70-plus-year-old individuals. When interpreting PSA results, a normal result varies based on a man's age, but generally, a PSA of less than 4 is considered normal. However, roughly 15% of men with a PSA below 4 will still have prostate cancer. Men with PSA levels between 4 and 10 are considered borderline, having 25% chance of having prostate cancer, while PSA greater than 10 raises the probability of cancer to over 50%. In regards to screening frequency, the American Cancer Society recommends screening every two years for PSA values less than 2.5 and yearly for values greater than 2.5. Alternatively, Just as benign prostate hyperplasia or prostatitis can falsely raise the PSA, the clinician should realize that certain factors falsely lower PSA values as well, like 5-alpha reductase inhibitors. While screening for prostate cancer is controversial, it should be considered by the PA or healthcare provider through a shared decision-making model with the patient. The American College of Preventative Medicine has developed a great educational material that can be used to educate patients regarding prostate cancer screening and can be found via the link in the print edition. But in summary, step one, what is involved in prostate cancer screening, a discussion, the PSA blood test, and digital rectal exam. Step two, what are the potential benefits of screening, finding out early, a chance to watch it closely, understanding your chances, and maybe getting good results. And step three, what are the potential harms, risks of screening, treatment that may not be needed, anxiety, uncertainty, the possibility of more testing, and complications of treatment. Now for a member highlight, congratulations to members P.A. Hayden Middleton, who also provided our PSA just a minute ago, and P.A. Brittany Strello, whose case study on pleomorphic adenoma of the parotid gland is published in the September 2022 issue of JAPA. Salivary gland tumors are rare, accounting for 6-8% of head and neck tumors. Detecting them in primary care is important so that adequate treatment can be provided. This case report describes a 58-year-old woman whose unilateral pulsatile tinnitus and ear fullness led to the diagnosis of a salivary gland tumor, specifically a pleomorphic adenoma of the parotid gland. 
Hayden is a MAPA director at large and practices family medicine at Mayo Clinic in Rochester. And Brittany is MAPA president-elect, the clinical co-director of development in the PA program at Mayo Clinic School of Health Sciences and practices in community internal medicine at Mayo Clinic. As mentioned earlier, PA Day on the Hill for next year has been scheduled and we want to see you there. Mark your calendars now for Tuesday, February 28th, 2023, and join your PA colleagues in St. Paul for MAPA's annual PA Day on the Hill. The agenda will focus on educating legislatures as to the PA role, as well as laying the groundwork for proposed legislation that would update the definition of a mental health provider to include PAs. Please visit the legislative section of the website to register as well as for updates on talking points as the date approaches. And a quick reminder that MAPA membership has its benefits. The membership committee is working hard on obtaining exclusive discounts for our members. So far, we have secured exclusive discounts for Dose Daily, Rosh Review, Exam Master, Stat Pearls, and to access the discount code, sign in on the website and under the membership tab, and then look for the link that says Members Only Benefits. Up next is the other public service announcement for this episode. If you are a victim of domestic violence, you don't have to wait in silence. Reach out to local authorities or call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-779-SAFE. In Minnesota, over 33% of women and 23% of men have experienced some form of domestic violence. Help and resources are available. Call 1-800-779-SAFE. This message is from the Minnesota Academy of PAs at minnesotapa.org. And here is some additional information on this topic. October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Minnesota law defines domestic abuse as physical harm, bodily injury or assault, or the infliction of fear of imminent physical harm, bodily injury or assault when done by a family or household member. Terroristic threats, criminal sexual conduct, and interference with an emergency call are also forms of domestic abuse when they are committed by a family or household member. Attorney General Keith Ellison's office has prepared a document, Rights and Resources for Victims of Domestic Abuse, that contains valuable information that you can find in the print edition. If you've been hurt or abused, the Minnesota Day One Crisis Hotline at 1-866-223-111 can assist you to get help, get safe, and get support. One call connects you with an advocate trained in supporting victims and survivors of domestic violence, sexual assault, human trafficking, who can help you find a shelter and the services you need in your area. And last but certainly not least are the PA program updates. And this issue, we have an update from one of the five Minnesota PA programs. This update comes from Hannah Anderson, MAPA student representative from the Mayo Clinic program. The class of 2023 has officially started their clinical rotations. In August, we all spread out amongst the Mayo Clinic health system. Some of us are in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, some in Mankato, 
while others stayed in Rochester. Each rotation is four weeks long with a total of 12 rotations. We have nine core rotations and three electives. Some of the chosen electives are orthopedics, rheumatology, dermatology, critical care, gastroenterology, and surgical specialties. This next year includes four cycles of completing three rotations, followed by returning to our main campus to sit for end-of-rotation exams, and we will repeat this until we graduate in July of next year. Some of the highlights from our rotations include Maria is on her orthopedic surgery rotation right now. She has assisted with fasciotomies for compartment syndrome and performed reductions in the emergency room for open radial fractures. Ellie was on her ED rotation in August. She had a patient present to the ED in a rural community for chest pain with a very mild ST elevation on ECG. She and her preceptor advocated for the patient to be transferred to a facility that had a cath lab. The patient was then airlifted and received by another student in our program who was completing her cardiac rotation. The patient ended up with a 100% occlusion of the LAD. And how amazing to see our class involved in every level of care for our patients, even in different hospitals in different rotations. Kalud is in her family medicine rotation. She had a patient in atrial fibrillation with multiple compensatory positives that required an ICD placement. She was able to sit in on the placement in order to get a comprehensive understanding of the patient's care. And Molly is currently in her sports medicine rotation. She is up in Minneapolis working with several big-time athletes. Seeing the diversity that my class is getting on their rotations is amazing. The clinical year truly applies the material we learned in our didactic year and builds a strong foundation. While it has been an adjustment for all of us, we are all loving our experiences. I also would like to take a moment to recognize the class of 2023 for all that we have accomplished. All of us participated in the Mayo Clinic Academy of Quality Improvement. Several of us received silver status at the July conference. In addition, one of our groups, the Saturday Pap Smear Clinic, presented at the Internal Medicine Conference and received a Poster of Distinction Award. What a fantastic accomplishment. The class of 2023 would also like to present that we have adopted a highway. It has been a long process through the last year, but we have officially had the sign posted on Highway 14 between Rochester and Iota. The commitment is that we will pick up a section of the highway twice a year for at least two years. We have put up some days on the calendar for us to pick up Highway 14, so if you see us, make sure to honk as you drive by. And lastly, we have exciting news welcoming the class of 2024. This class is the first class of the 3 plus 2 program. These students have just finished their undergraduate studies at either University of Minnesota Rochester or St. Mary's University, and they are now beginning the next part of their program, which includes two years of PA school. We are very excited to welcome them to our Rochester campus and wish them the best in their didactic year. Now, as we close this episode, a last few important announcements. I will be stepping back from the hosting duties in the Impact edition of the podcast at the end of this year. So the Communications and Marketing Committee is looking for a new host. 
While previous podcast experience is helpful, it's definitely not required. All you need is an interest and willingness to learn. Also, stay tuned for our interview and discussion episodes that come out in between the impact episodes. Again, we are looking for PAs like you interested in hosting and or being a guest on future episodes. So if you would like to get involved with the production of either the podcast or the impact newsletter, please email us at info at minnesotapa.org and we will be happy to talk with you more about your ideas and opportunities to get involved. And on that note, that's it for this episode of the MAPA podcast. We encourage you to subscribe in the podcast player of your choice so you don't miss a future episode of Impact or the interview and panel discussions. And while you're there, we'd appreciate a five-star rating and review if you would be so kind. Share this with your PA friends and colleagues. Explore the website at minnesotapa.org. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at MNACADPA, and choose whatever works best for you to stay up to date and in the know with MAPA and PA practice. And until next time, remember, take care of yourself so you can take care of your patients.